Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. Hi, everyone. This is Christina Weichel here, and I'm your guest host today because I got to interview Nikki Klosser this week. Nikki started her career as an outdoor photographer shooting seniors, families, and weddings. And while a lot of her business has been personal branding, she really gets the most joy out of shooting outdoors. Nikki and I talk about what it's like to shoot both outside and on location, and we give tons of tips and tricks on how to be successful at that. Nikki talks about why you do not need a studio to be charging industry pricing, and you'll also get to hear a little bit about Nikki's brand new course called Outdoor and On-Location Photography, Create Better Portraits and Make More Money. Oh yeah, that's what we all want to do. All right, you guys, let's get started with Nikki Klosser. Hey, Nikki, I get you in the hot seat today. Hi, Christina. I'm good. I'm nervous. What are you nervous about? You do this all the time. Oh, uh, no, but I'm always the one <laughs> asking the questions. Although although there was one one or two other times I think I was the guest, but I don't right. know. I like I like asking the questions, so I always get nervous about it. I know, but this will be a fun change of pace because you're still a working photographer in the industry and I know everybody hears little snippets about your story as you're interviewing others, but it's fun to be able to really flesh out and hear your whole journey all at once. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you put it that way, that sounds good. 
Awesome. Uh, what I wanted to talk to you today about is I know that you're very focused on personal branding and you've got a system that works amazing for you. And that's where you're focused in your career right now. But I know that over the past decade, you've come from being an outdoor on location photographer. You came from shooting weddings and then the whole genre of portraits, including families and high school seniors. So I thought maybe we could dive back into that because that's where a lot of people who are in our industry are still focused. And you've got Mm -hmm. a lot of knowledge there too. Yeah. You know, it's funny because personal branding has been my bread and butter for like, you know, many years now. But, you know, it's one of those things where I enjoy it and it's efficient. But when I want to get creative and like, I Mm -hmm. love shooting outdoors. I love it. Like I didn't always love it for my everyday business shoots because yeah because like I always talk about I love efficiency I love Mm -hmm. you know not having to deal with elements and that sort of thing but where my heart loves to shoot is out in the sunshine Mm -hmm. and just you know you're the same you love being outside it's like I don't know there's something I really love about it and and that's where I started you know that like when I first picked up a camera in 2012 so 10 years ago I mean that's the first several years of my career I was outdoor on location on weddings, oh my gosh, like the amount of things you have to learn on location. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just be on the fly weddings. all the time. Totally, totally. Which it's one of those things where as much as as much as I love what comes out of it, the pressure of it was really tricky. But man, I learned so much about it. Like I was telling my friend Laura, she's a photographer in Vancouver, about how I I'm doing this outdoor and on location course. And she's like, well, how did you learn all of that? And I was like, honey, that was the first thing I started. Like right. way back when I got a crash course when I was doing weddings with off-camera flash, you know, s- s- to begin with. Like, mm-hmm. I think everyone sees me as like natural light because that's what I always focus on. Right. But man, off-camera flash was something I had to learn way back when, right from the start. So yeah, I've had a little bit of everything. Well, the thing about being on on location, whether that be you know you going into someone's location like their office to shoot personal branding, or whether it's hey I'm meeting this family at the park tonight. Either way, I feel like there's some kind of element coming at you. So if you're outdoors, there's a weather element. If you're showing up at someone's office cold, you're like, oh, I didn't realize the space would be so tight. Or, oh, you know, you've mm-hmm. got these huge windows and they're, you know, currently west facing and the sun is set. So there's always like that overcoming that needs to happen. Like, how do you deal yes. with that when you're showing up to a location for the first time? Okay. This is, this is a really great question because it's, You know, it is. It's different when you're not in your studio where everything is controlled. And you Mm -hmm. really, really have to troubleshoot and be able to understand light anywhere that you walk into on the fly. If there's not enough light, if there's too much light, the direction that the, the light is coming in, I mean, it's something that you just constantly have to practice. So what I what I did when I was first starting is in different parts of my house, outside at different times of the day Mm -hmm. with whether it was clouds or full sun or whatever, I was practicing. I was practicing with my husband, with my friends, with my dog, so that I knew when I walked into a situation like you just described, Mm -hmm. I would know what to do. And you can overcome that fear of something mm-hmm. being thrown at you. And you, even if you are fearful inside, I always found it best to present to my clients that 
I was like, yeah, I got this. Even though inside, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Totally. I remember the first wedding that I did, or I was about to do, when I was on mm. my way, way there thinking, oh my God, I totally got this. Like, I was nervous, of course, because right, I was always nervous right. going to weddings. But I remember the first probably, I don't know, 20 weddings I did, I was like a ball of anxiety, just unsure of whether or not mm-hmm. I got this. And then I remember one day I was driving thinking, I have practice and practice mm-hmm. and practice in every situation. It doesn't matter what I'm going to show up to. I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to create beautiful photos for this couple. So you feel like it's just getting to know your gear, learning your settings well enough that you know how to adjust based on what's coming at you. And then knowing your lighting, knowing how to you know warp and control light, whether it be studio lights you're bringing or the sun. Um, so what, like, what do you have in your kit when you're going on location or doing an outdoor shoot that's going to help you overcome these things that you can't control? Okay, this is good. So to back up just a second, as far as settings, this is something... You know, if you're just starting out Mm -hmm. and you are not quickly able to adjust your settings on the fly, you've got to practice more, especially when you're outdoors. Sometimes the sun is going to go in and out, you know, every minute. And personally, what I do, I don't know if you do this, Christina, but I I change shutter speed. I tend to leave my ISO and my F-stop the same. Me too. And I adjust my shutter speed. So if this, you know, if I'm shooting... As long as you're shooting natural light, that's what I do as well. Yes, correct. Correct. Yes. Totally great um, clarification with natural light. Because 90% of the time when I'm outside, I'm shooting natural light. Mm -hmm. So if I'm shooting at one over 1200, let's say shutter speed, and all of a sudden the sun just completely goes away, I quick change to one over 500 or one over 400 or whatever. And now I'm good to go and I can keep shooting. Like it's just like a quick process. And if you can practice that, it is so key, you know, when you have changing light quickly with natural light. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, at this point, and it's because of practice, those two things always stay the same because I like my wide open aperture and I mm-hmm. want my ISO to be super low. So I usually just have it at 100 unless I need it to go up for some reason. So then, yeah, I'm just rolling that back dial on my camera as I'm looking through my camera and I can just see that that shutter's going. I do a quick chimp. I'm like, okay, we're back in exposure. That's good. Yep. Then a cloud comes. It's like, you just know, okay, I got to go three three stops this way. Um, it does come from practice. So I think that the people who are out there, you know, not even getting up and taking these bookings because of the fear of that unknown. It's just a great tip to go out and shoot your husband, like you said, photograph your kids when they're running around. Um, that you know, kids will give you a run for your money. That's for sure. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they're and there always are, great practice. Yeah, there are certain settings too that I don't typically use in my studio that I would use outside if right. there's motion. If if my clients are moving quickly, if there's kids, you know, mm-hmm. weddings, someone coming down the aisle, that sort of thing. And granted, I do not do weddings anymore. So I just want to mm-hmm. clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do do, you know, other portraits. But right. so something, for example, of using high-speed continuous setting. Right. So when someone is in motion, if you set that, that's when your shutter is going to go bam, 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 bam. So you don't miss yeah, it's a good that, safety that moment. Yes, yes. So little things like that to learn about your camera. And granted, I don't know everything about my camera. Christina, I'm a total oh, hack. I'm like you, I, Nikki. 
Yeah. I'm not a gear nerd or anything. Mm -hmm. I literally feel sometimes, um, I have a photographer who's a very close friend of mine now and he actually does motion for, you know, big commercial jobs and all this. And I was so intimidated by him at first because you could tell, especially with men, they're just really into the gear. And I just feel so, I'm so emotionally connected to photography and I run Mm -hmm. a successful business. But when it gets down to the nitty gritty of like, this does this because this, I'm like, uh, what? (laughs) Um, so I know enough to go, you know, get my clean, beautiful portraits and deliver a beautiful image. But just like you, I'm like, I'm working it out on the fly, using my exposure triangle, you know, to the limited ability that I I know. And I'm just connecting with clients the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And and this kind of leads me into the next question you had, which is about my gear. I am such a simple, simplistic, like, I don't want to lug a lot around. Mm -hmm. So the way that I've operated over the last decade is to be very minimal. And I think that's why most of the time I'm I'm shooting with natural light mm-hmm. is because I like to be minimal. I like to be focusing on my clients. I don't want to spend 25 minutes setting up my next lighting shot while right. the client's just kind of like hanging out, you know. I'm tired. I, yeah. 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 And and that's okay for some people. A hundred percent that's okay. But for me, I like to be able to, like you said, stay connected with my clients do things minimally. Like I don't have the most expensive gear. Mm-hmm. I mean, my my 85 millimeter lens, my Canon that I love, I have the 85 1.8. Mm-hmm. There's the 85 1.2 that I could upgrade to, but right. I just don't see the need to because I love yeah. my 1.8. So, you know, I try to keep things simple. So for the gear that you would bring on location, do you bring a reflector or a scrim? Do you have like any kind of outdoor mm-hmm. light that you might use of blue hour or something? Okay, so for people who don't know what Blue Hour is, though, Christina, will you explain that Mm -hmm. really quick? Because I know you deal with it a lot on the beach. Yeah, so when I'm shooting, we shoot a lot on islands or beaches here in Florida. And so I call golden hour that last beautiful hour of sunset where that yummy golden light is just all over your client. And you can shoot it with the backlight and you can shoot it pouring onto their face. But then right after that sun sets, a lot of times is when you get the moody clouds. And if I have, you know, if if it's couples or high school senior, I love to shoot the couple like 15 minutes right after the sun has already set where there's still ambient light around your ISO is popping. Maybe you bring a little light with you or you shoot some cool silhouettes. So that's just what I mean when I refer to blue hour. Yes, gotcha. Okay. Okay, so my my kit, what I bring every time is my Canon. I now have the Canon R6. I just mm-hmm. upgraded less than a year ago. I had my Mark IV for, gosh, probably like six years, I think. And then I finally got the mirrorless Canon R6. Mm-hmm. I have a Sigma 50 millimeter 1.4 art lens, mm-hmm. my Canon 85 1.8. And typically, those are the only two lenses I bring. Although, sometimes, if I know it's going to be a shorter shoot, sometimes I shoot with my 70 to 200. It's a, I have the Sigma. And the reason I got the Sigma and not the Canon is because it's a little bit lighter. I mean, it's like a pound or something. But to right. me, having a small frame in my... I just struggle with back issues as it is. Mm-hmm. So I I ended up with that. Anyway, who knows? Maybe maybe it's come out now and it's a little bit lighter, the Canon one. I'm not trying to say don't get the Canon one, but that's why I got the Sigma one. <laughs> right. Anyways, I love the 70 to 200 zoomed all the way in mm-hmm. at 200 because of the compression. Yes. And if you're listening and you're like, what are you talking about? If you were to, if you don't have a 70 to 200, maybe you could rent one or, you know, do a, a trade, like a borrow with, an, with a photographer, trade a lens for a day, just something to try it mm-hmm. out. Because if you were to shoot with a 35 millimeter, the difference in 
the compression shooting at 200 millimeter, the 200 millimeter makes everything look closer and bigger. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how else to explain it. And it like focuses it out. It really pulls your subject off that background instead of Mm -hmm. like making it part. So if if you're wanting to shoot wide, you make the the atmosphere, the location part of your image. Whereas like if you're shooting that really long, creamy lens, like the 70 to 200, which I'm a wedding photographer, so it's my favorite lens. I lovingly refer to as my backbreaker because it's uh-huh, so big. Uh-huh. But I do, I'm the same way. Like for me, it works going, you know, shooting down an aisle or putting a high school senior in the middle of a beautiful field and then like pulling those trees that to your eye seem a hundred miles away. All of a sudden they're just up against your subject when you zoom. It's beautiful. Oh, it really is. It really is. I may have talked about this before, but I remember when I was when I was first shooting weddings, when I was first starting out, I lived in Seattle and at Pike's Place Market, there is a sign. Mm-hmm. It says like public market. It's a pretty yeah. pretty iconic sign. And I remember, you know, just doing a Google search for the Pike's Place portraits or something like that. Mm-hmm. And some of these photos came up where it looked like the sign, like exactly what you said, was parked right, right up on them. And I was using my 24 to 70. Right. And I was like, so why 24, am I it's not? like a mile yes. away. <laughs> like, why am I not getting that sign to look closer? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And then finally, either I, you know, figured it out myself or someone out. told yeah. me or whatever that, oh, okay, now I totally understand. And ever mm-hmm. since then, it's been like, uh, but again, I have to be careful with my back. So anyways, but yeah. I really, really well, love that. Um, that's the beauty of like from, you know, because we're going back to kind of when you started out and reflecting back on those times and people listening might still be in that I'm still learning my gear phase of their career. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fun to explore and learn like the reasons you use, whether it be different lenses or different settings, because then, you know, in the future in your career, like we're, we're at at this point, then you can make those choices creatively. You know exactly just by walking into a scene, you look at something and go, okay, if I shoot this at 35, I'm going to be able to you know, pull in the peak of this roof. But if I shoot it at 200, I'm going to get the reflection of that window. So yes. it's, it's really important as a professional to know your gear and know why you're using your gear, You know whether you're shooting really wide open and super, super bokeh out, or if you're shooting very, very sharp, then you get to make those creative choices. Yeah, yeah. And it really, it, I know I keep saying this, but it really comes down to practicing. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. if you're out there and you're, you're listening, thinking like, oh, this is a lot, like it's, a, it's pretty overwhelming. Try to just focus on one thing at a time. Like maybe right. do what Christina said with shooting wide open, meaning if you have a lens that the smallest f-stop, smallest number is 2.0, practice shooting at 2.0 and then practice shooting at f14 and look at the difference. Or, you know, if you have a zoom lens, take the same shot zoomed all the way in, zoomed all the way out and just keep, you know, one thing at a time. And then eventually you're going to figure out your style and you're going to be able to look at someone's portrait and be like, oh, they're totally using a 70 to 200 or, oh, they totally use a 24 millimeter or whatever. And you start to figure out what you like. So yeah. And that's the thing, like at the beginning when you said, oh, how is this person getting this photo? Now you can look at a photo and you know exactly like where the light came from and where it, it's so neat mm-hmm. to be able to have that in your back pocket. Yeah. Okay. And then I know you said something about reflector, Christina. Mm-hmm. I am. I never do a shoot without a reflector. Very rarely do I shoot do a shoot without a reflector. The only time I do is if the sun is so bright that putting it in front of them makes mm-hmm. them not be able to open their eyes. Right. That's the only time I won't. Or if I have them facing the sun then you just, I just don't need it because they're completely well lit. But a reflector is like, 
my jam. It's my game changer. It makes their skin like light up a little bit glowier. It gives them that beautiful catch light on their eye. I'm always mm-hmm. shooting with a reflector. So that's in my in my kit. And then my reflector is like a five reflector. So I have silver, gold, yeah. black, white, and then there's a scrim, scrim inside. Scrim in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on occasion, I love full sun, so I don't usually shy away from it or use a scrim, but on occasion mm-hmm. I will use a scrim. Yeah. I mean, I love it as well, but it just depends on the client if they're super mm-hmm. light sensitive or... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing, I don't do this very often, but a constant light is something that, like you said, during blue hour or... So for example, I had this shoot, I was filming my outdoor and on-location course, and I was like, I want golden hour. I want sun. Mm -hmm. I was shooting in a super ugly location in a driveway full of like dead weeds and a (laughs) snow pile. (laughs) Like not attractive. Nothing beautiful going on. (laughs) Yes. But when the golden hour came around, like when the sun was setting around, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to do a shoot here. It was so beautiful with that golden hour. Mm -hmm. Well, both times we scheduled to do the shoot, like the videographer, my makeup artist, the model, Mm -hmm. there was no sun. And I was like, dang. It's the third time, same thing. And I was like, uh, but I felt like, I always say this on this podcast, it's didn't happen to me. It happened for me. And I'm like, all right, there you know you what? Go. I'm going to I'm gonna bring out one of my old techniques that I used to do with brides and grooms mm-hmm. and couples in Seattle was, you know, was often overcast there and they wanted sunny photos. And so I would use yeah. off-camera flash and put orange gels over mm-hmm. my off-camera flash and you would create sun. It would look like sun. Now, I don't have my off-camera flashes anymore, but I have a constant light. So that's mm-hmm. what I did is I put the constant light with an orange piece of cellophane over it and created just really beautiful golden hour. And and I filmed the whole thing and it That's it was cool. just I was so, so just glad that in the end. Light. Yes, totally. You know what I'm talking about? That like yeah. orange glowy like Oh yeah. That's what I live for. I literally yeah. will go outside and watch sunsets and be just like a little bit sad that there's not a client in the camera because mm-hmm. I'm just like it's too pretty. It's so beautiful. Someone capture this. So totally. you can follow That's me on Instagram it, if you want to see obnoxious amount of sunsets. <laughs> I have I to capture them so it's on my cell phone. <laughs> I know. Totally. Like in my wildflower field that I planted at the house, that's how it would be too. It would be golden hour and be like, damn, I should have scheduled someone because mm-hmm. it was sunny today. Or like I should call someone yeah. really quickly because uh, it's just yeah. like so dreamy. So dreamy. But I love that you're like, make it work. You know, I've got a like a Stella by light and motion and I... I take that thing with me. It packs up so small. And if you ever need Mm -hmm. a sunlight, you just pop it in. Fake it till you make it. You know, I recently got this video light that I take on location to do, if if I'm doing headshots on location or personal branding on location and the light is less than ideal. Okay, Gear. I, I made a po- I made a post about this and did some behind the scenes in our portrait yes, system Facebook group. Yes, I saw Facebook the post group. and it's getting delivered to my house tomorrow. Just saying. Stop. <laughs> I that swear. is awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Well, I didn't want the gear gear nerds to like get mad at me because mm-hmm. you know it's not an aperture light, it's not a pro photo, sure. and, and there are so many amazing lights. But I didn't want to spend thousands of dollars because. I knew I was only, only using use it, it a couple times specific, a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I went out on a limb and I purchased, it's called the GVM Bicolor LED Video Light, 200 mm-hmm. watts. And it comes with this like lantern style softbox. There's an app for it. So you just download the app and you control the brightness and the warmth like the of the light from your phone. Cool. And it is a lifesaver. And it was only like $369. Yeah. And I love it. it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I love it. I was like, I'm going to keep this in my kit because I'm so used to you know bringing around my strobes with a big you know Fotex soft lighter and setting all that up. And sometimes um, one of my associates and I who shoots a lot of on-location headshots, sometimes you just want something simple because you're going from place to place and it's kind of one of those high-volume mm-hmm. days. And so I got it for that reason. So it's like we just throw the kit in the car very easily, pop it up, and then it's not this whole to-do of showing up and like setting up a, a legit studio in someone's office. Yeah, and that's something to think about if you're an on-location photographer is what do you want to lug around? And yes, some people are totally okay. They have a truck or a van and they, you know, have no problem loading it all up and going. I am not that person. I like, Mm -mm. I want to be able to carry it in both arms in one trip. Yep, me too. (laughs) Or maybe two, okay, maybe two trips. But you know, so it's, you just have to think about what you're willing to, to do every time you're on location. I agree. So, you mentioned about the Pikes Place Market and that being somewhere cool for a photo because it's iconic Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past when you had a studio there and now at your Michigan studio, how did you go about location scouting? Because I'm sure at this point you know all your locations and you're just like, boom, that's my place, that's my place, that's my place. But if the the client's open to location, it's not like, hey, you're coming to my space for this event or for this headshot. What do you do um, in order to find locations that you are are interested in shooting or that'll benefit the client? So when I was first starting out, I think I spent more time in locations that other people went to often, like Pike's Place Market. Like you okay. couldn't pay me to shoot at Pike's Place right. Market right now. <laughs> Not a chance in hell. Yeah, a little crowded. Now, okay, maybe you could pay me enough. No, <laughs> you know, anyways. So I started to get more creative. I don't like to shoot where there's a lot of people. I don't like to have to worry about, you know, tons of cars and tons of people mm-hmm. and you know, so I, I try to look for locations that are a little bit off the beaten path. Okay. And, you know, I like it to be more about the client than about the background. Like, give me some dead trees. Okay, this is going to sound crazy, but like, give me some <laughs> dormant yellow and brown grasses. And, and now uh-huh. I know you live in Florida, so this yeah, is totally that doesn't a different exist situation for, for like, you. <laughs> yeah. In the spring, in Michigan, it is green. In the summer, it is green. I hate shooting in green grass. Okay. I think it's distracting. It casts um, yeah, a the green, reflection up yes. into the chin and stuff. Uh, yes, or on yeah. a white wedding dress or just mm-hmm. on a white, you know, I hate it. So all day long, I will look for areas that do not include green grass and lots of green, tree, green trees. Yeah. Now, sometimes it's unavoidable depending on the time of the year and depending on where you live. I prefer fall and winter when everything is dead because the muted tones. Mm-hmm. And then if you bring, you know, if you have your client wear a brighter, like a red dress or even black against those really muted tones to me mm-hmm. is so beautiful. And it keeps the focus on your client. Right. So I, that's just what I prefer. Yeah. And that's your style. That's your personal, that's what you love. And so it reflects in your work. Yeah. Yeah. And like I did a, an, another shoot that I did recently, again, it is in my course is um, I have this bright yellow. Well, I guess it's like a mustard yellow velvet vintage looking chair, like, mm. you know, cozy chair that you Yummy. sit in. And I was like, all right, we're taking this chair and we're putting it in the middle of the ugliest dead woods that we can find. And I'm doing a shoot in it. <laughs> and it turned out, I just, I loved it. I loved it. I posted it on Instagram and everyone's like, oh my gosh, I love this. Oh, you know, that's awesome. And yeah, like just because a location is ugly doesn't mean you can't create 
interesting, beautiful photos there. Mm-hmm. You just have to think out of the box sometimes because we don't all have, you know, the beaches and the mountains and that right. sort of thing. And so thinking outside of the box and adding an interesting element such as mm-hmm. like a cool chair or, you know, even the outfit that the client wears or the way that you light it can really make right. an ugly location really cool. That's so smart. So whatever you can fit in your vehicle that might just add in and maybe you surprise the client with it and have it set up or maybe, you know, you talk about that upfront, you know, what who's who you bring into your session, what do you want and then find something from your house even. Mm-hmm. And another thing that you can do is bring backdrops outside. And I'm not talking about like necessarily canvas painted sure. olifants. Like I'm not talking about that. Like uh, lately, the last multiple shoots I've done, and again, they're all recorded, that I did was I did a beaded string. I hung beaded, you know, those like 70s style like beaded yeah. curtains. Mm-hmm. I used that as a as a backdrop and put my client up on a hill, like something that I just, I wanted to think outside of the box like that, even though she was outside and on a super overcast blah March day in Michigan, Mm -hmm. it, I made it really interesting with this like beaded curtain or, uh, in, okay. So I also did this like boho setup, Christina, where I went to this place called Cost Plus World Market. Mm-hmm. And it's like a Pier 1 or, you know, I feel like there's a kind of a store like this everywhere where it's just like, like a home a decor goods. decor home, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a discount kind of mm-hmm. home decor place. And I got this thing that people typically hang from the ceiling. It's like made out of that macrame. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so I had that and I had a bench and I had pillows. Beautiful. And I made this like boho setup outside you know, you can, you really can. You can get super creative. I mean, just talking about it, I'm like, ah, I get like <laughs> I so amped up. Yeah. I'm like, what You're else can up. I do? You know? Mm-hmm. So I just want people to know that it does, you don't have to have the same stuff all the time. You know, like you can get creative. Go on Pinterest. Look at just ideas mm-hmm. of creative outdoor photo shoots and, and see what you can come up with. It doesn't have to be expensive. I DIY everything. And I am cheap. So I like to do it cheaply. (laughs) There you go. I mean, yeah, if you're going to spend your whole uh, session fee on props, then what are you going to bring home? (laughs) Yeah. I I don't blame you there. And then you can reuse it, you know, it's not like, yeah, you can use it with different, because clients like I, with, after the boho shoot that I did, someone else was like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. My senior photos. And I was like, hell yeah. Like for her daughter for next year, I was like, hell yeah. Sounds amazing. You know, so people will start to request it. A lot of cities have prop houses as well that you can rent stuff from. Mm -hmm. And if you build a relationship, so like you and me both built our businesses through a lot of networking. And so if you go and network with those types of places, they'll really hook you up. And if you, I I used to have shoots where one shoot I did was a Hollywood glam style, but you know, I don't have a ton of Hollywood glam furniture sitting around. So I went and got Hollywood glam lights and a beautiful chair that was very ornate and all this stuff. But I, I didn't want that for every client. It was for a specific shoot. And so I was able to rent it. You build it into the oh, price nice. of your session fee. And that's just a good way to then also with that, you, you know, you say you get bored um, for yourself to like keep things fresh and keep furniture moving in and out, in and out. Mm-hmm. That's a great way, you know, just renting stuff and charging it yeah. to the client. That's a great way and, to elevate. And speaking of renting, I, I wanted, like for my course, I wanted, I wanted to show people what you could do without a studio, or even if you have a studio, how to just kind of incorporate more outdoor and on location to, in order to create more variety for your clients. Because the more variety you have, the more you're going to sell. For me, that is just mm-hmm. a stone cold hard fact. Mm-hmm. Like the more variety, yep. the more I sell. And so I, 
I started looking on like peer peer space. I don't know if you've ever used peer space. Yeah. I've actually been approached for our studio for peer oh, space. Oh, cool. Nice. Anytime I travel, if I'm doing shoots, like I'll go on peer space to look for a studio to rent or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I found a couple local to me that are so cool and they're not expensive. And and especially if you can line up one or two or three shoots within right. that space. Like there was this one studio that I rented in Detroit and it is it has this like salmon pink wall. And okay, this might sound ugly, but <laughs> I had the most beautiful girl that I photographed and she's wearing a hijab and it was like this like turquoise outfit or it, w- it wasn't quite turquoise. It was like a sea green almost against mm-hmm. this like pink wall. And she looked incredible all because I just decided I was going to rent this. Like, and after that, I decided I was going to paint V-flats pink the same color oh, because I, love I loved that. it so much. Like, it's even if you have a studio, sometimes just, like, getting out and renting a space just to get your, like, creative inspiration flowing, I don't know. It's it's just, yeah, it's been really, really fun to explore all of this. That's awesome. So you've mentioned the course a few times. I know you have a course coming out. I've seen the trailer. It looks amazing. Uh, can you tell our audience just a little bit about it? Yeah, so it's called Outdoor and On-Location Photography, Create Better Photos and Make More Money. And, you know, I know there was a need for this. There was a need for this in the Portrait Masters of just showing really simplistic ways of shooting outside and on location. That was another thing, too, is people were like, we need more on location. We need more outdoor. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you got it. I'm doing it. And because it's it's so fun and it's so interesting, I ended up doing... 10 different shoots in totally different weather with totally different Mm -hmm. models with totally different locations. I troubleshoot throughout the entire thing. I show you how I shoot in full sun, how I shoot in clouds, like high noon, golden hour in the evening, super windy in wildflowers, in snow, in rented spaces, a mother and daughter, like shooting a guy in my garage and in my driveway, like and I did not clean out my garage. Like I wanted it to be really, <laughs> like every shoot Who that you does? see is so realistic and anything that goes wrong, I'm showing you. Like, so yeah, and I do it with very minimal gear, minimal help. Like it's usually just me and my camera on a reflector. And yeah, and we go through all of the 10 shoots and then we talk about money and pricing and you know shooting to sell more and some marketing thrown in there. My email templates are part of it. Uh, there are 10 inspirational PDFs from each shoot. So yeah, it has been a labor of love. It took me nine months to create this thing and I had an absolute blast. It like brought me back to my roots of just creative outdoor and on-location photography. It's fun. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. So you do have a studio. A lot of the people that are using locations use them because they don't have a studio. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like since you have a studio, you're able to charge more pricing? Okay. Now, I often hear people say that because they don't have a studio, they shouldn't charge as much. And I'm like, okay, hang on, back up. I will tell you, doing on location and outdoor is much more difficult than shooting in a studio. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a thousand percent. <laughs> I almost feel like you should be shooting or charging more yes. when it comes to that. And, and you know, for people who do have a studio, don't be afraid to add outdoor and on location, or maybe not even on location. Like if you ju- if you don't want to do on location, but mm-hmm. adding an outdoor to your shoots. Like for my high school seniors, I have always done this. I start them, well, as soon as I had a studio, I started this. 
I start them in my studio. We do hair and makeup mm-hmm. in the studio, and we always do one or two outfits, sometimes three, depending on their preference, inside the studio. Then we go outside for two or three outfits. I'm telling you, like having that variety is so key. And you can have this variety for personal branding, for mm-hmm. families. Like if you have a studio, I highly recommend considering adding in some outdoor stuff if you want to just up your game, mm-hmm. attract more clients. And yeah, so I just, I'll get off my soapbox now, but. <laughs> if you don't have a studio, so the, part of the very impressive experience that we offer is the hair and makeup experience. So if you don't mm-hmm. have a studio, what are some ways around that to still give that full client experience? Yeah, before I had a studio, we would either do it at the client's house. Mm-hmm. I have done it at, make some makeup artists have their own little makeup studio, Uh, in a hotel room. You know, it just depends Mm -hmm. on where you are. Finding a location, like often they're really comfortable at their own home and then the makeup artist can just show up there. So that has worked out really well. If you don't have a makeup artist yet or hairstylist, you could have them go to like the Nordstrom makeup counter. Right. Or someone with an established hair and makeup studio already. Yes, correct. Like before, like when I was building my portfolio and I was doing free shoots, I didn't always have access to a makeup artist because I didn't have a lot of relationships with makeup artists at the time. You know, I was still just building and growing. And they would often go to, like I said, the Nordstrom makeup counter or the Mac, you know, makeup counter or whatever, have their makeup done there and then come. I can't recommend enough, though, if you can incorporate hair and makeup, even Mm -hmm. if you don't have a studio somehow, it's one of those pain points that clients have. It's Mm -hmm. stressful to do hair and makeup. Oh, it's so stressful for women. And to have someone as a photographer say, don't worry, I have a stylist who's going to do your hair and makeup based on how you want to look. It's like, they're like, sign me up. It has been huge for me. Yeah. And it just makes you, for the whole day, you already show up to your photo shoot feeling amazing because you've had that experience of being pampered. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I've I've loved, the pre-transformation, the thing that happens to women in the hair and makeup chair before they even enter so that now they're going to rock their shoot because they feel so confident. And I just, I saw that immediately when I, you know, learned through Sue Bryce Education that this was something to offer. I opened a full salon in the studio because it was such a huge part of the process for our clients. Absolutely. Yep. Game changer. And mm-hmm. also another game changer is helping people decide what they're going to wear. And I'm not saying you have to go shopping with them or anything, but sure. I tell my clients, bring as many outfits as you want. Even if you know we're not going to the studio, bring them in your car. And oftentimes yep. I tell them, you might have to change in the car, maybe a Starbucks bathroom, whatever. But bring all the clothes you want or email the photos to yeah. me of your outfits ahead of time and I will help you choose. And they are like, thank you, sweet baby Jesus, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we hate picking out what to wear for photos. So hair and makeup, helping them decide, letting them know that, you know, if especially if you're photographing kids, that you are going to take care of everything and you're going to, you know, make their kids super comfortable. You're going to help them throughout the whole process. And just all of those things will make people just feel relieved and excited about their photo shoots. I notice a lot of consultations that I have, whether it be on the phone or in person, everything that somebody says, a lot of times my reply is just constantly, that's my job. That's Mm -hmm. my job. That's my job. That's my job. Like, that's why you're hiring me because they do, they start to spin. Well, I got to do this, 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 this. I'm like, no, that's my job. You Mm -hmm. don't have to come in fully knowing how to pose. You don't have to come in knowing how to, you know, pull off different expressions. You don't have to come in knowing what to wear or how you're going to get ready. Like, no, that's my job. I'm going to take you from start 
all the way to finish until I'm delivering your beautiful images and heirloom products. Absolutely. I always like, because sometimes people will say, oh, I'm not photogenic. And I'm like, well, you, says that. like being photogenic <laughs> is not even a real thing. Like That's it's not my a thing. Jo- yeah. Like it's my job to pose you and direct you and tell you exactly what to do. And yeah. I, and trust me, I got you. Like, yeah. It's going to be exactly. all good. Like, and I'll say sometimes, sometimes I'll say my favorite type of person to photograph is someone who hates being photographed because mm-hmm. I'm going to change your mind. Like you, you wait, you're going to love these photos and they just like laugh mm-hmm. and they're like, I don't know. And then it ends up being such a great experience yeah. and they're happy and I'm happy. And so, yeah. That gave me goosebumps because clearly, apparently that's what I live for is that taking that person who thinks, oh, I'm not good at this. I, I'm not worth being photographed and showing them that they are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anything that we can do to make them feel at ease and hit those pain points, uh, it's just, yeah, it's so helpful to do it in our marketing, to hit those pain points within our marketing. Don't wait for people to say these things to you. Mm -mm. Infuse all of this into your marketing. Talk about how you're going to pose them. You're going to tell them what to do. Talk about how you love photographing people who don't like to be photographed. Like, put that out there. And then eventually you're going to hit these pain points before, you know, and they're going to be like, all right, this is my photographer. So on the other end of this, going back to like, let's say you don't have a studio or before you had a studio, how are you going to do a reveal and how are you selling to your client on the back end if you're just on location or outdoor photographer who's just working out of their home? Yeah, the way that I've always done it is I do an online in-person viewing. Now, okay, let me back up. I used to do it a different way. Back when I was focused heavily on prints and family photos and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. before I had a studio, there were times I met at coffee shops. Actually, I have photos, <laughs> I have photos of this way back when. Meeting at coffee shops with their printed, like a folio box with their printed mm-hmm. images, and they're just like pulling them out of the box one at a time mm-hmm. and looking at them that way. Once I had a studio, I then had a wall, you know, and I put them on the yep, wall. Yeah, reveal wall. Yeah, but... Then eventually I switched to doing, because I am very an efficient business owner and I don't want to have to get dressed and do my hair and makeup more than I have to ever. <laughs> yeah, agreed. So right, you've got two kids at home and you have yes. two studios across the country from each other. We yep, understand. <laughs> totally. So I like to do them online. It's, it's, I do it through Zoom mm-hmm. and we set up at a time. I show them a beautiful slideshow. Typically, I make it with Animoto, and then we go Mm -hmm. through and we look at their photos one at a time after I show the slideshow with music. In Lightroom, I mark them green, yellow, or red for yes, maybe, or no, and we Mm -hmm. go through them that way. And I'm showing them the pricing again right there. You know, I'm sharing my screen this whole time, obviously. Right. And they make their choices that way. And it has been really, really amazing. I make it easy for them. And they know it is expected that they are to schedule their photo viewing within 10 days, sometimes two weeks, depending on how backed up I am. But within 10 days, I try to do a week. But anywhere between 7 and 14 days, we are scheduling right then and there their photo viewing. So it's on their calendar. I don't have to chase them down. It's right there. We do the photo viewing. They pay me, you know, right there on the call. I take their Mm -hmm. credit card down. They get the photos after it's been paid. And it works amazingly. Yeah, and I like that there's just so many ways. So there's this this system that we've all learned, but it's not just a one-size-fits-all. It's not you have to have the studio and the wardrobe. You have mm-hmm. to have this gear. You, ha- you can always make this business model work for your life 
what your choices that you're making for your life, the life you want to live, you can always uh, make it work for if you have a full-time job and you're just a weekend warrior. There's so many ways to do this well and make money doing it and enjoy doing it and offer something beautiful to your clients that's not just cookie cutter. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing with like with any sort of education too that we have, whether it's through the portrait system or the portrait master's courses or YouTube or anything, you can always just take one, you know, a couple bits from each thing you learn and make it your own. You know, like it, there are so many business models out there. If one makes sense to you, Mm-hmm. go with it. Don't recreate the wheel, but go with it and then turn it into your own. Put your spin on things. And to me, that has been extremely important not to recreate the wheel, learn from right. others, and then find a way to make it my own. Right. And I feel like if you and I had a line of t-shirts, it would just be like the whole message would constantly be just like, try it one thing mm-hmm. at a time. Just mm-hmm. look, just don't sit there and watch 17 hours worth of education content and then go, oh, I guess I'll watch the 18th hour. Like watch one hour, go try it. Come back. Yep. You've already learned something. Watch the second hour. Go try that. Then it piles on. And then you're, then you're teaching yourself in a way that's like it keeps growing exponentially rather than you going out to one shoot after trying to, I tried to learn posing and lighting and this and that. And I sat there and I watched it all. Like, no, because then you're just going to fumble over all of it at once. Like, just go focus on one thing at a time. Yes, absolutely. Slow and steady. Well, I'm so happy I got to interview you today. This was so fun. Thank <laughs> Thanks you. Thanks for letting me take over your podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I hope I said some stuff that was important, to, you know, for people. I don't know. It's like, it's harder being on this side. Yeah. Well, obviously you're so wonderful at what you do. And I love that you've revisited, I can tell through your voice, a lot of joy, a lot of things mm-hmm. that you fell in love with, with photography in the beginning. I feel like you're refreshed in that aspect and I'm just happy for you. I am. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And not only like reliving my joy of outdoor photography has it helped me just with my, you know, my photography in general, but is like now that I have land, I'm like Mm. constantly looking at how I can better my land for photo shoots (laughs) because we live on 10 acres. And and the last two years I did wildflower fields and I just finished now planting like more structured rows of these amazing Mm -hmm flowers and uh hopefully they're going to grow in the spring we'll see whether or not they grow if not i'll plant them again in the spring but i just did this whole like oh my gosh huge area of our yard for, for these big flowers so that's so cool All that you're using shoots. your home i was gonna say you're using your home and inviting people in so that they can you know enjoy the beauty of it that's really cool yeah i love it i love it. i never thought i'd be a flower gardener and here i am <laughs> strictly for foot like you know i I'm, love I, it I like have my my son app out to see where exactly golden hour will be yeah. from, you know, March until right. October and Dan's buddies were here and they were watching me use the excavator like a mini excavator <laughs> like ripping up the land and anyway, so I'm standing there with my app and his one buddy's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm trying to figure out where golden hour is going to be." He's like, "Okay, so the sun sets west and it rises in the <laughs> east." And I'm like, "Seriously, stop." Like it where it's going to go through the trees during golden hour at what time of the right. year is where I right. need, it's like, you know, we have a different so outlook on light. We yes. Do. My favorite thing is when we're, we'll be out somewhere, like say we'll have dinner or cocktail on a rooftop bar or something. And my husband will lean over and be like, oh, look at those people using the light and correct. I'm like, look at you. Cause I talk <laughs> so much about light, like in an everyday situation. And like just the sunset is just my favorite thing on the planet. And now he, he revert, he tells people stuff. I'm like, I taught you well, my dear. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Oh, well, I want to finish out. Um, you always ask your guests these questions, and I thought maybe I'd ask the same to you. Is that okay? Of course, of course. So what is something that you cannot live without on a photo shoot? Reflector. A hundred percent reflector. A silver side and a white side. And on sunny days, I use the white side. And cloudy days, I use the silver side. That is always going to be my answer. Have you ever For busted now, out the gosh, gold? Gosh, I should say always. <laughs> I've never really used the gold. It's so you? weird, yeah. Uh, yeah only if weird. I'm trying to like put it on a background and like really warm yes. something up or like a product or something. But on yeah. people, it's quite frightening. Yes, agreed. What do you do and how do you spend your time when you're not working? Lately, I have been spending so much time growing food, like on our on our food garden and then the flower garden that has been huge for me. But we have, you know, we have a lake cottage. We go there as much as possible. I love to travel. You know, me and my kids and my husband, we have a we have a good time. I'm kind of a homebody mm-hmm. lately. We just like my kids ride the four wheeler around, and you know, I'm just like being a farmer. I love this. I love this version of Nikki. It's my favorite. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I love going out with my girlfriends and everything. Sure, sure. But yeah, lately I've been quite the homebody, and I'm I'm really loving it. So yeah, that's wonderful. Oh, in real estate too. <gasps> I forgot to talk oh, about real estate. Girl. Yeah, I invest yes. in commercial multifamily real estate, and so I'm always looking for deals, uh, new deals to invest in, because that's how I'm going to retire myself eventually. Is um, you know, we don't have pensions. We don't have right, exactly 401ks. Don't, you know, we don't have 401k matches for companies mm-hmm. and all that. So I had to think of something. So that's what I'm doing. I love that. Taking all the fruits of all your years in photography and investing them back so that your family can benefit in the future. That's wonderful. Exactly. And I know you feel the same about that. So <laughs> I do indeed. I even went so far as to marry a commercial realtor. So that was really locked in for me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The real estate oh, that's my awesome. other passion for sure. Um, so do you have a favorite quote, Nikki? You know, I'm just going to quote Tim Gunn, make it work. <laughs> you know, there are so many beautiful quotes out there. Like so many guests on this show have done so mm-hmm. many amazingly powerful, beautiful quotes. But mm-hmm. I am like Tim Gunn, make, just fucking make it work. Like make find a work. way, you know. So. Get out of your own way. Get out of your own way. Yep. Sue says that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not always easy. I'm not saying it's easy, you know, but. It's just really, really important to to find a way, make it work. I like that. Yep. So it kind of ties into what would you say to somebody who's first starting out? And I feel like this whole interview, that's kind of where we revisited. But do you have one very specific thing that you would tell somebody who's just starting in the photography industry? I know I said this before, but honestly, it's practicing, practicing posing, practicing lighting, practicing using your camera efficiently, uh, practice your sales pitch practice your marketing pitch. All of these things, when you nail them down, like I can pose so quickly and efficiently. I do six outfits in one hour and I've got such a variety of photos that I'm constantly selling big packages because I practiced and mm-hmm. practiced and practiced. So that is, that's always going to be my advice. And also not to pay, yes, it's important to understand what's happening around you as far as like getting inspiration and, you know, but I couldn't tell you what people charge around me. I just right, don't even you're not know. In the comparison, you're not you're not even paying attention. Totally. I know what my bottom line is. I know what my average sales needs to be. Mm-hmm. Sale needs to be in order for me to meet my financial goals. 
And if you can use a pricing calculator, whether it's on the portrait system where we have for members, there's a pricing calculator. If Whether it's that or if it is, you know, some other spreadsheet or pricing calculator that you can find online or something to input all of your expenses and how much you money you want to make. And it'll show you how much you need to charge per shoot. And to mm-hmm. me, that is an absolute game changer. It takes the emotion out of it. It shows me, right. okay, if I want to do 12 shoots a month and I want to make X amount of money, this is what I need to charge. And that's it. Plain and simple. I love that. That's good advice. And also going just to add on to that, I feel like rather than then being intimidated by that big number, that number is then broken up into per shoot. So it's an average sale. But mm-hmm. then if you don't even focus on that, because like, let's say you're going for like your big number is 1200 and then you're going to grow that to 1800 and then you want it to go to 2500 Don't even be intimidated by that number. That's just one person you need to connect with and book. That's just a person. The sale's going to happen once you serve that client. So don't go focus like, I need to go find $1,200 now. No, go find that person, that person that loves your brand, the message that you're marketing, that met you at networking, the person that wants that, you know, brand new, beautiful family photo over their fireplace or to send out those holiday cards, just go focus on serving people. And then those numbers just fall right into place. Yes. Very wise. You're very wise, Christina Weichel. Oh, thank you, Ms. Nikki Glosser. So where can everybody find you on social if we want to follow you or follow your journey or purchase your course? Where do we find that? Yeah. NikkiKlosser.com is what is my website. And I have a store on there where you can find all of my stuff. And Instagram, I love Instagram. I'm at Nikki mm-hmm. Klosser. And yeah, that's about it. Facebook, Nikki Klosser. Everything's just my name. Nice and simple. Awesome. I love it. Well, I love you. I can't wait to get I to see you, you again. Congratulations on all your success. And Thank I'm sending you. a hug from Florida. Thank you. I love you too. And I can't wait to see you too. <laughs> Until next time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's suebriceeducation.com.